When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Bayern Munich podcast, and I've got Tyler Fafula with me. Hi, you T. Hey. Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm really good. I'm really good. Good, excellent. And uh, and uh, Damien Harris is here. How are you, D? Hey, I'm very good. Thank you very much for You're asking. You're illuminated from behind today. You're very, very brightly lit from behind. I am. I'm in the country. I'm try- I was trying to get a sort of a pastoral scene behind me. Where are? Where in the country are you? Uh, I'm in the Ashdown Forest. Where's that? Um, sort of uh, Tunbridge Wells-ish. Kent. Sort of, uh, Kent, Surrey border. Kent. Yeah. Where <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Are you? You're in the Hundred Acre Wood. Yes, very D, close. Very, very nice. Dee, I'm not sure if it's the effect you're going for, but with that light, with that pastoral light and the sort of the backdrop, what we can see of you... Looks a lot like that picture that went round of um, Ian Botham when he was caught in front of his uh, computer, <laughs> looking after himself. Yeah, you, looking you after look like you do look like someone who's, who's up to something on their computer, <laughs> or that you're being interviewed for the news and you don't want your identity revealed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's enough visual talk for this uh, um, yes. audio yeah. medium. Oh, apart from, we have to acknowledge, of course, Tyler's cap this week, which has got LA on the front. You've gone, you've gone west coast, and yeah, it? it's the paint splattered uh, New Era LA one. Um, I lost my. Um, my favourite cap on the on the Eurostar a couple of weeks ago. Um, so if anyone I know if anyone sees a camouflage one with the orange seven Did, on didn't it, Gwen Doozy nicked it. Yeah, actually, I that, that was the last time it was sighted. Gwen Doozy, Gwen nicked your cap, Gwen Doozy. <laughs> <laughs> he strangled Maybe. you, Gwen Doozy. <laughs> Can't sell him, can we? Emery wants to buy him. Who know Emery wants to buy him? Villarreal. Good evening, our bounty manager of Villarreal. <laughs> he could do better. He wants better. to buy Matteo Guendouzi. They've offered thirty million, but like all transfers these days, they want to borrow him for a year first. Like they've got to save up. There's a massive money box somewhere, and they have right. to keep putting euros in it until they've got enough for Guendouzi. <laughs> yeah, they want. It, but he, he can do better than that, can can't he? I'm a, I am surprised that people are talking about thirty, thirty-five million for him because. Oh, he's a big talent, too. Yeah. I mean, he's, what, 20 yeah. years old? He's in the French national squad. If you're a 20-year-old midfielder in the French national squad, that's your value. This is like FIFA. That's just your value goes to that. Yeah, fair. You can't yeah. get a French international for under 30 million in any position. That's fair. It's How a much sh- Hugo Lloris? It's a real shame, isn't it, then, what's like what's happened? I mean, I, you know, I know, we, I know we've moved past that, and it's like to hell with him, but it just seems... That it can't... It can't be as simple as um, him not wanting to apologise. It just seems f- f- silly. Maybe him and his management management don't want him at the club anyway because they think that you know, as you say, he's a French international and maybe he should be playing. He thinks he should be playing better football than than than, than where he's at at the moment. I don't it know. Can't it can't just that. be. It can't be. It can't that. just be a row, can it? I don't know. I mean, I I wonder whether it's Arteta because he doesn't know Arteta, does he? He wouldn't have had. Any experience of him? I mean, he's. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, but CV is good enough. But still, yeah. Surely that you would listen, but yeah. yeah. Falling out with the boss. I mean, he wasn't even at Wembley. Didn't even go to the cup final. Completely. I, I was going to say ostracised, but it's like he's ostracised himself. He's had a row with the manager. He's got himself into trouble. He hasn't apologised. You don't even want to be there for the final. You can't even say. You can't even call him up or go and see him. And sort it out. 
And Arteta obviously doesn't want to sort it out, does he? Or what's Arteta's position, you think? He just wants to be balls of steel, hard-nosed, this is it, this is how it has to be, This is a, I'm sending out a message here to every other player in the club. Or maybe Guendouzi has been a massive bell end on more than one occasion. <laughs> I suspect it probably is. It's been a massive bell end on more than one occasion. I know you said this is yeah. a visual medium, I mean, this is an audio medium, but um, your mm. face there, very clearly, <laughs> you're very much in the box C camp. That <laughs> he's been an absolute bell end. <laughs> you seem very convinced of the bell end factor in this, Marvin. I think this must have been a massive bell end. Yeah. It must have been. Because Arteta seems to love all the boys. He loves them all, he embraces them all. He's a very tactile, very emotional person. And surely, if Gwendozi went and saw him, they'd end up in tears and embracing. Surely that would be inevitable. Yeah, no, it's the non-negotiables again. I mean, of course, the other person who wasn't at um, who wasn't at Wembley has been doing a bit of talking this week. Did you catch up on any of that with uh, Meza Özil? I saw a little bit of stuff in the paper about him. What have you seen? Um, well, uh, Gunner Blog did a James McNicholas did a uh, piece with him. Uh, in, uh, no, it's David Ornstein, I should say, did a piece uh, in the Athletic and exclusive with him. Basically, just kind of stating his position basically um that no one is telling him when to move he's ready so well, that sounds like a team player speaking what is that yeah. when do the, what is happening to footballers i mean surely him and gareth bale surely they will look back on this period in their careers with great regret that they he completely set himself outside one of the biggest football clubs in the world at a time when they're going to Wembley, playing in a cup final he's playing in the premier league where does he think he's going to play? He's 32 years old. He's on a massive contract. Does he feel no obligation at all so he can go and make a statement like that to a journalist? No one tells me when to leave. No, no that's definitely that's true. You're under contract. You've got the contract. We have to pay you. But this in, in your contract, it will say you have to perform your duties to the best of your ability or something. It even says that on the contract for QI. <laughs> you cannot be a massive bellend. I mean, you will forfeit something in the end. So he must yeah. be going through something. He must be turning up for training and jogging around a five-a-side pitch or doing doing the absolute basics to make sure he doesn't contravene his contract. I mean, he's playing a game. Can I suggest the other side? They want him to leave to get the get the contract off the payroll. They want him to leave. Um, he'd started featuring just before. Uh, the lockdown and hasn't featured once since. He picked, he picked him in every game. Yeah, didn't right. he? But I mean, he wouldn't take a pay cut. He wouldn't take a pay cut. Twelve and a half percent pay cut. Um, there's so been... they made a decision. We want this boy out of the club. They talked about that, and he said that he thought the pay cut stuff was all very rushed. Yeah, he would say that because it's going to cost him fifty grand a week. So I mean, well, of course he said that. He's also right though. He, he well, he said it was nothing about the money because he he. I mean, it was a real PR piece. It was a PR piece, but he he said, you know, I do lots of work for charity. It's not about the money, of course. <laughs> Did he say that he's a lovely man? I'm, I'm uh, lovely. He's, man. he's not that type he's, of player. He's, <laughs> he's not that type of player. Uh, yeah. So uh, so he said that it was rushed. I oh, I just want him gone. He stinks the place out. He is right though. I want him playing. I want him playing for the Arsenal. That's what I want. Well, there is the, there is that, and it, I mean there is the thing. Like first of all, it is rushed, and you know the pay cut stuff, and the club has come out of that pretty badly with the you know with the redundancies and so forth. And the pay cut stuff was rushed. It um, and he has been briefed against by the club in this period, and in a world of you know, in a world of PR, we know about his PR. Like normally, when we've had a rubbish game, that's when a picture of him appears with an, you know, an "I am ready" or whatever kind of thing. So we know that his PR people know how to play this game. But again, just just to just to give a little bit of balance, he has been briefed against against. He has been briefed against by the club. You know, um, stuff has slipped out, and we, the club clearly want him what gone. Stuff too. Hmm? What stuff? Well, I think the. I think the negative portrayals of him have not just come from because he's barely said it. He's barely said anything. The negative portrayals of him have come have come out of the club. We know that the club work. You know, we know that briefings work both ways, right? We know that briefings work from. I don't know if they do. T. I'll tell you what I think. I, I think I we're think fans do. of the club. Yeah. We are the club. We can see this boy has been playing every week before the lockdown, and now he's not. We're asking for some explanation of that. There is none. We've seen his moody attitude. We've seen him not do the warm-up he's asked to do. We've seen him taking 15 minutes to leave the pitch when he's substituted, kicking his gloves around. 
He's got a moody vibe around him. We know he's got 11 million followers on Twitter or something. He's, a, he's an enormous planet in Arsenal's solar system. And there's something going on here where he won't get picked. If he won't, if he's not getting picked because they want him to leave, why suddenly they want him to leave when he was paying every game all the way up to March the seventh? If you're paying someone that amount of money, you want him to be the best player at the club. So it, it ends up in poor management. Mm. All we're going to do is talk about him until he goes, and he's, not, he's evidently not going until June. So he's going to have to play Europa League and Carabao Cup, isn't he? We're going to have to play him. We're going to have to use him. And pick him, yeah. and and if he's got anything about him, within a few weeks it'll be obvious he's the best midfield player we've got, and he'll be in the team. <laughs> it is a real shame that he's not playing ultimately, um, but then equally you can also say that the way that we ended the season with the two of the biggest, the two of the biggest wins at the end of the season, where would he have played? How would he have played in that team? So now we've actually got. I actually think the conversation now is just as much about whether he fits into this team or not. And I realise that we didn't have any. There were times where we didn't have the creativity and such, but. And then you'd say, I don't think it's the type of player that he is that is about whether he fits in or not. It's about his character and personality and attitude. And Arteta wants people on the boat. He wants unity in the dressing room. He doesn't want anybody. He doesn't want any cliques. He doesn't want any individual who thinks he's better than everyone else. He doesn't want any individual in the dressing room who's going to piss other people off because they're getting paid more money and not doing the work, or they're talking to journalists about Arsenal or some issue. George Graham was the same, and he turned up. He cleaned out the dressing room. He got rid of the big drinkers and he introduced a new era of big drinkers, obviously, <laughs> but there was, a, there was a lot of little cliques around the place. People weren't pulling the weight. He wanted people... He wanted his own men in there. And that's what he did. And he got rid of some big names, some big-name players, one by one, left Arsenal, including Charlie Nicholas, ultimately. He was the, he was the one. He was the kind of Urzel of the time because he was a fantastic footballer, but he didn't fit... The template. He didn't fit the George Graham template. He wasn't 22, and he wouldn't do absolutely everything that George asked. So he got he got shot of him. He, yeah. paid, he picked Perry Groves instead of Charlie Nicholas. <laughs> I mean, really, Nicholas <laughs> was su- superbly gifted footballer, the best player at the club. It's a very similar situation, but for whatever reason, he didn't fit with George. George was he would rather have Merson in there. He'd rather have people who'd run through a brick wall be grateful to George for picking them. And that is why you'll end up with Eddie and Ketia getting picked ahead of Meza Ozil. Yeah. That's why Willett will get picked. Because they're they're doing it for the they respect Arteta. Arteta gave them a chance. They want to do everything for the boss. And it was also and, easier. And being a football manager sometimes it's a bit like being a cult leader. You know, everyone has to be on board. That's what Mourinho's like. That's what Ferguson was like. And you create this bubble, this insulated bubble, where everyone has to do your bidding and you are the cult leader and they will die for you. They'll go through a brick wall for you. And if they, if you don't fit in with that, then you're out. Yeah. It was also easier then to, to be shot of someone, obviously, and the way that, you know, in the, in the 35 years in between, um, it is now a player can sit there legitimately with a contract that he's been given by the club and say, I'm not going anywhere, I'm settled in London. I mean, I think William's, William coming over to uh, to us is as much, I was reading, is as much about how settled he is in London. He's got a foundation, he's got to set up a, you know, set up a company here in London. So the player here is comfortable. Um, and I, I, look, I'm, I, I totally agree with you. I'm just thinking also about how when we've wanted players, as fans, when we've wanted players, when we've wanted to be shot of players... The same conversation, like I mean, Mustafi didn't want to leave, for example. Um, you know, and the club very clearly wanted to get rid of him, and we wanted the club to be able to do that as well. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to leave. And you can understand, you could understand him sort of staying put and not, and turning down transfers. Um, I thought he had wanted to go. No, Mustafi wanted to stay. We wanted to try. And, I mean, we've tried to get rid of him on, on numerous occasions, to numerous places, and he said, "No, I'm going to." Well, listen. They gave us a too big a contract. That when they true. gave him that contract, there was no possibility of him being sold in that contract. There was no possibility of it. Now, uh, 
Listeners, uh, Beer 52 are back. Beer 52 are back and they are sponsoring us hey. and we're very grateful. And this week I've actually been uh, sent some Beer 52 beer. And uh, gentlemen, I can recommend the Whiplash beer, Body Riddle. And that this sounds weird, I know, but they have some extraordinary beers. I've got a, a, a box of eight. They've all been drunk. They were all delicious. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I was going to read you all the funny names. But Katie's chucked the lot in the recycling, so I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. And actually, she drank most of them, so that's uh, there you are. Um, uh, craft beers, um, and you can get craft beers from Beer 52. Eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash Tuesday, and it's five ninety five for the postage. That will all it cost you. Um, beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club and they have sent me they have 150,000 members they've sent me a copy of their magazine ferment which is actually quite a nicely produced magazine and there's an article about rugby in it the atmosphere of a live rugby match can be truly incredible so they're they're a little bit hypey but you know some nice (laughs) photographs in here well so you know you get a magazine you get beer and they sent us some sort of salty snack which had chilies on it which was the I mean, again, Katie ate that. I got one. But it was really, <laughs> really spicy. Uh, they've got lots of different beers, dark beers and light beers. And uh, if you don't like being a member of the club, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. So go to www.beer52.com forward slash Tuesday to get your first case of eight beers for five ninety five postage. That's www.beer52.com forward slash Tuesday. The 52 is New Medical 5-2, which is one of our favourite <laughs> hormones. Hey! And it's what well actually first attracted me to Beer 52 is the fact that it's Beer 5-2. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can actually vouch for the beer. It's delicious. Stuff. I, um, it was quite interesting. I mean, obviously there's a lot to talk about about last night's game with Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. Uh, but it was interesting looking at Messi, reading Messi's body language. And I... I, I it's fascinating what's going to happen there when someone is so big, such a big part of that team. And there's obviously something very, very wrong at Barcelona. And I'm curious, what 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 would you do with Messi? If you were sort of chairman of Barcelona, if you were president? It's the wrong way around. You have to ask him, who does he want to be the coach? Yeah, <laughs> Isn't it exactly. different if, if Ozil was messy and Ozil was getting 35 goals a season and 50 assists and then you were losing 8-2, you'd have to go to Ozil and say, OK, Messi, do, do you want to be the player manager? What do you want here? <laughs> yeah. But when you're getting one assist and no goals in an entire season, that is, yeah. you don't yeah. get a say. But Messi, obviously, there's obviously a problem there, isn't there? Who cares? I mean, that is very funny when they let in eight goals. That is, I mean, every single uh, shot of Busquets, I laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> really, it was just extraordinary. And I, I, made, what made me think, and we were recording this, this on uh, the day after uh, Bayern of beating Barcelona 8-2. It made me One think of, Barcelona, of Bayern Munich in 99 against Man U. A goal up, should have been three up and lost it in the last minute. Against In 2012 against Chelsea, they were a goal up, should have been three up, let in an equaliser and lost on pens. And it's as if that club now has said, never mind one goal, not enough. Six is not enough. We, like, we, <laughs> I've seen them put seven past Tottenham and laugh my head off. I've seen them put eight past Barcelona. And every time they, I just saw them destroy Chelsea, and it's just marvellous to watch. They destroyed us 10-2 on aggregate. I went to both of them. That when they click, they they are just the ultimate efficient. They really are like exactly like one of those high-powered, super expensive German cars. There's nothing fancy going on. It's just every single bit of the machine works better than anybody else's machine. There is no part of the car that you would replace with a part from another manufacturer. <laughs> it just works perfectly. So true. Yeah. With with one of with one of Barcelona's uh, top recruits, by the way, from La Mastella, who they let go, who mis- who Barcelona let go, mismanaged with Thiago Alcantara, right? Who's now who's now bossing it? Oh my God, he's such a good footballer. And Coutinho, who who comes off the bench, makes one and scores two in three and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's another. Barcelona who they paid one hundred and forty-six million for? <laughs> I think I 
could have scored a couple in that in those last five minutes. Yeah, to be honest, on. he's on. <laughs> oh, he's got another one. They call him the silhouette. You cannot find him. Where is he? Where did he go? <laughs> the generals put, put through by Messi. He scored another one. It's off the back of his bald pate. Coutinho has deflected a shot in off the midfield general on purpose. Uh, I tell you what, it was nice to hear Steve McManaman exasperated about someone else for once. <laughs> I, 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 that tone of his is so annoying when you're losing. And then so when it's directed at Barcelona, it's actually quite enjoyable. I quite enjoyed it. So, yeah, a club, a club in more of a mess than we are. Barcelona, but I'm more yeah. high stakes mess. But there's no way for me. I I did. You know what? I literally spent part of this morning, and I'm so sorry about it. Uh, thinking that Messi would just think, right? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be part of um, Arteta's project at Arsenal. I think it's more likely that Messi's gonna say, "Get Arteta from Arsenal." Well, <laughs> I think it's more likely that I would have got on last night. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> um, I d- I did wonder uh, the uh, their manager Setien Setien yeah Barca I mean what he was wearing their ex manager D their ex manager <laughs> yeah has he gone yet I was going to say they were having this conversation do you think he'll be going <laughs> you think they'll take they think they'll take Sarri from you mate <laughs> yeah I'd, well I reckon they I'd like sh- it I mean, if they if they just sign Ronaldo from you mate just put Messi yeah. and Ronaldo up front for a year. We know what we need to do here. The only person he found yeah. yesterday funnier than, than than us is presumably the, the, the Tottenham manager who's screaming at his TV. I could have prevented this years ago. He's never got over being let go by Barcelona, yes. has he? Yes, well, that's right. They put guard, they picked Guardiola ahead of him, didn't they? Yeah, I wonder how that works out for them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where the Pochettino would go. In a heartbeat. But he's, he's always said he wouldn't manage there, hasn't he? Because he played for Espanyol. But let's test that. Let's put that to the test. <laughs> yeah. they, should, they should offer it to him. <laughs> anyway. Riccio. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want that job. No, thanks. No, 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 no. It's a matter of personal pride. Yeah. I've, um, I've really enjoyed the Champions League mm. format. Well, it is like having well, a summer tournament, isn't it? It is like having a little World Cup or a Euro. Yeah. So there's a game every three days and... I watched Muller being interviewed last night and he said, I'm used to this tournament football. And it sounded so... It was the single most sinister thing a German has said since 1940. <laughs> For a while. Uh, a shout yes. to um, uh, Musa Okwonga, who's, um who does a podcast called Stadio with um, uh, Arsenal fan Ryan Hunt. He's written a really, really good piece about Muller, basically saying what you were saying this morning about here. How at times like this, he becomes the executioner. It's not just a case of winning, it's a case of crushing the opposition. And he's so, so ready for this, basically. So we're looking at Bayern Munich... Can it be a Bayern Munich City final? I can't work out the... Or is it Bayern, Bayern Munich no, Juve final? No, it's them in the semi-final. Because Atletico Madrid went out as well uh, to... Leip- Leipzig, Leipzig are playing PSG. Yeah. And Bayern are playing City or Lyon. And City and Lyon, uh, listener, you'll know the outcome, but they're playing tonight. So money versus money. New money versus new money. And then a proper one. A, pr- a pr- potential proper tie. If Bayern get to play, what's Leon. the final we want? I mean, do you want City to knock out Bayern Munich, or do you want the Bayern Munich PSG? Bayern Munich PSG would be a belter. Leipzig Leon would be the uh, the two thousand four yeah. Monaco Porto final of joy. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> bring back that year that we. Can you not? Yeah, I was going to say. Can you not mention two thousand and four? <laughs> it is a shame not being yeah. part of this. That's that's what I'll say. But we do have a chance. Again next year. Well, we could have been in the other one if we hadn't balls up against Olympiacos. We might have been in Wolves' position had we got through them. Yeah. But they they got absolutely skewered by Seville. It was only one nil, but Seville had twenty four shots and seventy three percent possession, and yeah. Wolves just it's all just two banks of four and play on the break. I mean, they were pretty boring. They looked knackered. They did look knackered. Yeah, I mean, Seville that, just I mean, very sprightly, really. and that guy Ever Benega, you know, the guy that Emery's little mate. They're number 10. What a footballer he is. What a little yeah. player. Extraordinary. Yeah. And he does really look like he lives in a dustbin in Buenos Aires. I mean, he does. <laughs> looks like he shaves with a blunt razor. I would have liked to have seen what Arsene Wenger might, would have been able to do with them, uh, Traore. You know, you can imagine the day that he puts Traore down the middle, like, you know, from a Ozil pass. <laughs> that would have been something. Well, they missed a pen, Wolves. He got through Traore with an amazing 50-yard run, skinned everybody, and they floored a terrible tackle in the box, floored him. And uh, what's the name of their striker? Jimenez, is it? 
missed a pen. He tried. He'd wait for the keeper to move. The keeper didn't move, and he just passed it to him basically. And that was their chance yeah. to go one nil up. If they don't go one nil up, Wolves, I don't really know what to do. And then it's it was really quite dull. But now it's Seville Man U again. Uh, all of these. Well, there's no point previewing games. Our listeners know the results too. But um, who do you want to win out of Seville and Man U? <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> right. Let me think about it. so. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'll take Seville five nil in that. I don't know. Do you mean you won't be supporting yeah, the English team in Europe? Do people still yeah. even say that now in like in this in this I, era it, of, um, of no. massive partisanship on social media? No one we know. Does anyone no, actually ever know. say that? No, Listeners, no. if you are a person who supports the the English team in Europe, then um, please well, let me know. Please you, let us know. That, I mean, you know, there are English teams you quite like and managers, and you know, you prefer. Yeah, or if it was Brighton, like we'd but, support them, wouldn't we? Though? Yeah, exactly. Unless more, unless Brighton, more players playing. Plucky Bournemouth, you know, all, all the sort of the ones beginning with B from the south coast, really. Now, Tyre has uh, been. Uh, Moonlighting elsewhere on another podcast is that right, T? You've been you want to tell us about it? Oh, I didn't really want you to mention it, Al. But now, seeming as you no? seeming as you have, um, my <laughs> well, now brought it up. My new <laughs> now you brought it up. Uh, the new series of Giant. You know the you know the thing that I interviewed you for last year for the Arsenal Man United. Uh, I remember thing. it well. Uh, Giant has restarted as a weekly podcast as a Spotify exclusive um, on another um, on another platform, and we've started with uh, the Ballad of Alan Shearer. All right, so apologies. The Ballad of Alan Shearer. Yeah, so we're going to be a weekly show. Uh, I'm up for suggestions of um, Arsenal content in moving forward. I got a few, but it'd be interesting to know what people come up with. But yeah, if you go and well, have I'll a look for Giant, we haven't got enough content for this. <laughs> That's why it's we haven't got any content. If I have an idea for Arsenal content, I'm not giving it to you. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Historical stuff. Uh, but yeah, Historical the Ballad of stuff. Alan Shearer and Giants. So please subscribe on Spotify. And thank you for the opportunity. See, we, we, we are a plug fest. We do. I mean, I should take this opportunity. Um, I do listen to Giant, and, uh, and it's an excellent. Uh, it's very good, time. He produces good work. Thank you. Uh, do, do buy you in Stone's book to be someone. And uh, do also um, take the opportunity on our recommendation to go online using ExpressVPN. Uh, Even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. That's actually true. Uh, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. Even though it's silhouetted, I can see Damien's ears pricking up. (laughs) you You can browse in secret. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. Mm. So protect your online activity today with the VPN, that's VPND, not VPL, VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired, expressvpn.com slash Tuesday, and you can get three months free if you go to expressvpn.com slash Tuesday. Uh, to learn more, you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. So yeah, you don't have to just use incognito mode. But if um, if does ExpressVPN help with um, if you're wearing glasses and you can see the reflection of Dennis Bergkamp's uh, that you Photoshop (laughs) Photoshop black lingerie onto the (laughs) issue of Dennis Bergkamp? um, Can it can it protect ExpressVPN? Protect you you from that if you're browsing on some dodgy site and you can be seen through the window from the forest. No, no, it won't help you. You still have to <laughs> go into a room with no windows and lock the door. But we do recommend it. <laughs> now, look, let's talk about Arsenal. Um, uh, this week we have signed Will I Am from uh, the Black mm. Eyed Peas. And that's a controversial <laughs> signing. I wanted Fergie, actually, myself. But there, <laughs> there used to be a comedian I used to work with uh, called uh, Igor Thompson, whose real name's Dave. And he used to have a joke, which was, I like to read uh, car brochures because I want to know what I'll be driving in 10 years' time. (laughs) That's a good joke. That's a good joke. And uh, and I like to see who uh, Chelsea are going for in the transfer market because I'd like to know who Arsenal are going to be fielding in 10 years' time. Because following Peter Chet and David Luiz, we've now signed Will Ayan, who turns 32 shortly, as I understand it. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's a sensational footballer. Right? He's close control, dribbling, amazing finishing, dead ball kicking, Brazilian super kid. Um, 
Um, do you think we him a bit late in his career? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Look, he was always it's the, the one. the elephant in the room, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was always yeah. the one. There's always one. And it sounds uh, like you're sort of um, saying it in, with hindsight, but. You've always liked William, right? He was always he was always oh, he's fantastic. He's always the decent one. He looks great as well. Love the hair. Um, love him as a player. He's sexy. It's what you're saying. Sorry? He's quite sexy. It's of all the Chelsea players, he's the one that you would do. He's the he's the uh, he's the one I, I enjoyed the most. You would groom him. He's the one I enjoyed Taking the most sexually. Yes, um, but also his close <laughs> control and all the good things about him as a player. But he's 32. We've given him a three year contract, Al, and it's. We keep getting well, his numbers must be good, right? His numbers must be good. His sprints, his recovery time, the minutes he's played, and all of these things. They'll look at all that. They're not going to buy some busted flush. He's obviously fit as a fiddle, but by all accounts, he's been Chelsea's best player this season. So, we, he is a player who'll give us immediate impact next season. And I'm hoping that Saka, Martinelli, Nelson, who are playing that kind of position, wide, coming inside, attacking, getting shots off, making assists maybe they will learn a lot from him. Because if we don't sign someone to do that right now, we are relying on these 18, 20-year-olds to make chances next season, aren't we? Who else have we got? Pepe is in, in and out. And he can play a couple of, and he can play a few positions. He's the least busted of the three flushes that we've taken from them, basically. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm... Are we to counting Gallas? We are not counting Gallas. <laughs> we don't mean... No. Okay, good. Deek. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I forgot about oh my I, god! Yeah, I'd forgotten about Gallas. We just uh, <laughs> William turns out to be a sort of in the Louise Gallas camp. <laughs> <laughs> Gallas basically ruined the club. He just destroyed yes. the losing coal and getting Gallas turned out to be catastrophic. And giving him the number yeah. ten shirt, by the way. Let's giving the ne- number ten shirt, making him the captain. The blow was a nut job. <laughs> never forget that number ten shirt thing as well. <laughs> so we've oh. never signed, but like, I mean, you know, this is called, the, you know, this is the Sylvester principle, um, right? Oh, Have we God, ever signed? We're pulling out some in, signings there, in, aren't we? In short term, can you? Th- <laughs> who's learned? the best player that we've signed from? Have we ever signed a good player from our rivals who's flourished? I say rivals loosely. Pat Jennings. But in the, like, yeah, we oh, give tell them me. our best players. We give the Ox to Liverpool. I mean, we, gave Van, really... we gave Van Persie to United. We gave... Van Persie to United, then we let Nabry go. We, you know, we kept Walcott and let Nabry go. We kept Theo Unlucky. year after year after year, thinking this would be the year, this is it. And he turned out that he fulfilled his potential when he was 17. He never got any better. I mean, he never got any better every year. It was the same. And we let all these people. They wouldn't. He, he was always in the team ahead of the ox. Always picked ahead of the ox. Yeah. That's a good point. Crazy. Do you think there's a? Do you think there's an Everton podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's having this same conversation? Well, we are now. We are. What West Ham are, right? Well, oh, we barely get from West Ham. Really? Nigel Winterburn yes. and Ian Wright and Davos Shukair and all these players down the years go to West Ham, and now all Chelsea's players come to us. We will get Timo Werner in 2030. And, and is he still going to be good? I mean, if he gets you 15 goals a season, I know he's only got one leg now, but he scored 500 for Chelsea, so he's got something about him. <laughs> there is yeah Lucas Perez as well yeah there is a yeah but so we are yeah. we are Chelsea's we are the not even the feeder we are club Chelsea's West Ham we're the retirement club yeah Christ we're the retirement home we are the old folks home for Chelsea FC and they yeah. think it is really funny their fans they really they have got, they've got a complete blind spot about the uh, gangster billionaire who's financed all of this for them. <clears throat> we wanted Peter Chet when he was 19, right? And we wanted Didier Drogba and we wanted Eden Hazard and all these people. And they just outbid us for every one of them. <laughs> and then they took Ashley Cole. And, and then they just... That's why it's so hilarious So we beat them in the cup final. That is why it's so nice to yeah. do that. Because really, by rights, they ought to be cleaning up. But somehow they still... If they don't do well next season, they'll sack Lampard, won't they? Yeah. Get Allegri. Um, I noticed, um, speaking of ex-players, so uh, now Perlo is at Juventus. Oh, he's the only one who's uh, sexier than Willian, isn't he? Those two are the well, fittest blokes in the world. He He's he's <laughs> apparently said that he, he doesn't want Rambo, probably because Rambo might be too handsome. <laughs> uh, anyway, would you have Aaron Ramsey back? Good question. I don't think I would, actually. Are we, just talk, we were just talking about us being a retirement home. I know, but... Well, because I, I fear... Can't Aaron Ramsey going to Aaron Ramsey go to Chelsea or United, and that 
worries me. I don't want to see Ooh, him in a free transfer to United. D, why did you introduce that to the conversation? That's all I can see. Well, behind someone's got to bring now. up. <laughs> someone's got to bring up the controversials. <laughs> Shizzle well, he's going to, that, he, that was always likely, right? That was always likely that they, they're quite good at this UVA, picking people up at the end of contracts, giving them massive signing-on fees or whatever, and then flogging them, them on. But they, they even talk, because they, they are in the same boat as us in, with the Urzel situation. The world's changed. The finances have contracted. All the clubs are getting less money, and these players on massive contracts have got to be got out the door. So they are aware that Ramsey's on an enormous contract and they're talking about letting him go for free, not even getting 20 or 30 mil for him. They're talking about just, mm. please leave. We can't afford this money. We want to buy this player and that player. So there's a whole little club of players. If you were a Saudi billionaire, you could go and get Gareth Bale, Mesut Ozil and Aaron Ramsey. You can give them a million pounds a week each. Another you know, makings of quite a good side. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish I hadn't, I wish well, I hadn't I, said that to you. I, <laughs> well, about We're that. not getting Rambo. We can't afford that contract. Forget it. Okay. When do you have him back? In a heartbeat. And yeah. then you go, oh, actually. Uh. He was always a bit annoying, Ramsey, wasn't he? He never quite fulfilled that potential. He's got so much talent. But you oh, can see possession a lot. Goals. Was it 2013, that amazing season? That he had? I can't remember him having an amazing season. Yeah, you, I yeah, you can. There was the one where he kept... Fielder. What he needed to do, and was what he did for Wales, was play number 10, being real out-and-out attacking... Lampard style midfielder and he never got that opportunity to be that player playing off a centre forward and getting in the box that's what he's good at making runs and getting in the box he got that one goal with his left foot on the half volley from 40 yards Mm. he looked like the best player in the world and then we realised that that was a total fluke no he had that one good he had one amazing season he did, when he got that lob against Liverpool that yeah it was early 10s wasn't it that thing. Um, I also also noticed Higuain is available. D, right. <laughs> What's and Philip Mexer? Are you playing two thousand and eight champion? You're playing two thousand eight championship <laughs> manager, aren't you? Draxler was on the bench for PSG. <laughs> Come on, we can get them all now. Martin Palermo's available, isn't he? <laughs> it would be like the over thirty fives at Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> we could get Becker and McEnroe playing. <laughs> over fifty fives. No to Higuain, and okay, fair enough. Well, there's all there's still the big talk about. I mean, I'm a huge. I know nothing about Thomas Party apart from the fact that I'd like to make Arsenal more African again. So for that reason, um, I am determined that we sign a Ghanaian enforcer. He he didn't play, did he? He was he was on the bench the other night for Atletico. Uh, a Pumacano, a P- Pumacano for uh, uh, Leipzig, right back, um, centre back. Oh, Jesus, he was brilliant. He is brilliant, isn't he? He really Stunning. is brilliant. He would be 60 million, apparently. Well, we've been talking about him for so long um, in um, that he's well and truly gone now out of our... You know, there's a small window of Arsenal being able to sign them these days, and that has passed. And after his performance the other day, I think we can just wave that one down the river, basically, because... Um, because okay. <laughs> we can't afford him. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, the Bundesliga model of finding these players young and getting them young is a model that Premier League clubs are going to have to follow now, right? That, that's what they do there. Upper Meccano goes there, and the same with Jaden Sancho. And Dortmund yeah. sniff around all the best 18-year-olds in the, in the Premier League academies and try and uh, get them and develop them. And that's the Bundesliga model. They don't tend to yeah. go in for the 50, 60 million pound transfer, do they? They tend to go in for developing young players and getting people on loan. I mean, Bayern found Lewandowski. This kid, Alfonso Davis. Oh, my God. Oh, that the is Canadian. What he did to Semedo when he went round him and then he ran at PK. PK just let him go by because he was mesmerised by him when he set yeah. up a goal. What was it, the sixth goal or something? And they got him yeah. for about 20 million quid from Canada. But they are running rings around us in the Bundesliga in terms of player recruitment and developing young players. and You know, it's, it's an absolute farce, isn't it? They can take Jadon Sancho out of a, a Premier League club and then sell him back to the Premier League for 80 million. I mean, they're laughing around. Right, it's more than that, isn't it? I mean, it's. And he doesn't even want to yeah. go. Fine, we're no, thanks. We're putting an awful lot of um, store in. Uh, Saliba and players like that for next season. I mean, where, what's our well, this, this, what's the transfer what policy? Talk about that's exactly the kind of Bundesliga signing, isn't it? Eighteen-year-old boy from the French league, supposed to be the best young defender in France. This is the, the, in the Bundesliga. They're going, oh, well, how did we miss him? Why didn't we get him? Or they're thinking, let him play for Arsenal for three years. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll learn him. Yeah, and then we'll uh, and then we'll go and get him. Um, now, are you still positive about the the season, which basically starts tomorrow, doesn't it? In fact, the season should be starting now, shouldn't it? Today, wouldn't it? When we have the first game today. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, we're in we're in pre-season now. Well, we have a two-week pre-season, um, and then we have the Community Shield on the 29th, isn't it? Saturday, the 29th. I did see that yeah, on this day... And then we're up and running. You were probably there, both of you, I, and I wasn't. On this day, we lost to Norwich 4-2 at our place. I wasn't there. I'll tell you where I was when we lost to Norwich 4-2. What year was that? Was that 92 or 92 something? or 93, one of the two. Um, on this day, uh, um, which is August, uh, August the 15th. Yeah, we lost, uh, <clears throat> we lost to Norwich, and I was in Canada doing a fringe festival with my little comedy show, and uh, t- there was no internet, so you had to go to get the local paper to get the football results. And I got the local paper, and it said uh, Arsenal 2, Norwich 4, and I'd, I'd phoned someone at home, because I thought that must be wrong. <laughs> that can't possibly be right. And I think even, were we 2-0 up in the game or something extraordinary like that? What is the... Oh, yeah, that's right. What is the in the pre-internet? I know one time uh, when me and Damien were in Miami, and Arsenal were playing uh, Newcastle. It was the game when Perez did his knee when he was having that amazing oh, season. Yes. Now me and you, D, were in a hotel in Miami, and you phoned your then girlfriend, and um, th- you know these were the days when I think you just well sold lots of Fatboy Slim records, so we could stay on the. Stay on the phone. We could stay on the phone for the entire game while she held the phone to Five Live, and we. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we stayed up, and and there was only one bit of your apartment uh, hotel that had reception. So I just remember us hanging sort of by the window while Caroline held the phone to the radio yeah so uh what's the what have you done anything how did we, so, how did we get on uh, well yeah we'd um did we actually yeah we, did we, we win the game but it was the fa cup yeah we all, of course it? it was the fa cup so we won the fa cup but perez got injured you done anything similar yeah. out to get the score from a faraway place in the old days no i planned imagine having to wait the next day to get the result it seems like such a yeah, I can't, well, I do remember that. I remember being in Melbourne for the for the comedy festival in '95, and we were playing Sampdoria, and uh, that, that was that was one game that I really wished I'd been at. Uh, also, on this day in 2009, Everton won Arsenal six. Yes, yes. Goal scored by Danielson, Vermeilen, Gallas, Fabregas two, and Eduardo. Danielson, clever ball, reverse to Van Persie. Great run this time from Fabregas. Simple, simple stuff from Arsenal. That was a nearly team, wasn't it, that team? Oh, that team that was a was, very could have won the league in 08, got to the Champions League semi-final, fabulous footballers in it, and just a few weak links in that, in that chain. I, I think one of them scored as well. I think they? in the podcast, in, the, in this podcast yeah. previous existence, you called it, and I've never forgotten it, that was the season that the dream died, isn't it? Because that, that was the closest, that was the closest we got. And we had it was, and then on this day in 2011, Cesc Fabregas joined Barcelona, and that really oh. was uh, a disaster. I didn't really want to bring that up, but yeah, Agent Gallas. On, on this on this day in 2004, and I went to this game. I sat next to Peter Reid in a box at Goodison Park. I got invited into a box at Goodison. I love Goodison; it's a great stadium. And I sat next to Peter Reid, and Arsenal won four one. And uh, Burkham and Fabregas were playing together, basically, while Everton watched. Extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> Burkamp, players to his left. This is Henri. Arsenal with a man over. It's Jungberg. It's three. The points are safe for the champions. Another flying move. And I said to Peter Reid, you know, a lot of Arsenal fans don't like Gilberto Silva. They say he's rubbish and he should do more. And he goes, he's a great player. Great. He's a great player. That's that's ridiculous. That's the worst Peter Reid impression you'll ever hear. But uh, uh, I was good. I, I, I bought it. I was grateful. Um, yes, and also uh, on this day it's Alex Oxlade Chamberlain's birthday. So happy birthday! Yes, uh, the Ox. Now I've had an email from Gareth Stevens. See if you like this one. He thanked us in Baku. Now he's crying in Chelsea blue. He runs like he needs a poo. Olivier Giroud. <laughs> <laughs> 
best for a couple of like weeks. He runs like needs a poo. It's magnificent. That bit, Brilliant. that moment when Louise challenges him from behind, and then he stands still, like a, like he's been frozen, like with some sort of paralysing yeah. injection, and falls flat on his face. And uh, yeah. Arshblog put a link to it, a clip of it on Twitter. It goes, it just gets funnier every time you watch it. And it is, yeah. it is so true. It, and I did. I watched it over and over <laughs> again, and it just gets funnier, funnier, funnier. Yeah. Rather like last night in the in the Barcelona Bayern game, twice you could see in the kind of corner of the screen while the while the action's moving down the other end, Luis Suarez lying on the floor holding his head, <laughs> pretending he's being fouled fifty yards away from the ball. There's yeah. this massive the attention seeker for them. Can you imagine when he was at school, always lying on the floor at the back of the class? <laughs> Going, sir, sir, I've been hit on the head. No, you haven't, Luis. Get up. Yeah. No one's touched you. I'm watching him. He scored a good goal. One thing, and this is your last game. Surely they're going to clear them all out now. No, that's it. Yeah. And they're going to clear Busquets, PK, Suarez. That's the sort of spine of it. Is it? Are they all done, or is it just a matter of getting a decent coaching and getting the shit together? We, we can finally get Luis Suarez. Say, yeah. A pound more. Forty million in a pound. Yeah. yeah. I think um, four I million pounds for, for Lionel Messi just for five games in, in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah. I, uh, I was listening to the Atletico Madrid game without the crowd noise. And yeah. the sound of shithousing, it was the yelps <laughs> and the outrage and the deafening sound of, oh, oh, you could hear it really clearly. It was, um, Their whole funny, model of football, Atletico, is based on cheating, isn't it? It's just based Shit, on think, yeah. buying free kicks, yeah. uh, n- niggly, nasty fouls, bleating yeah. at the ref, disrupting yeah. the other team. It is in the model of Simeone, the man who got Beckham sent off. It's in the, in the model of him. Absolutely, yeah. And while sometimes it's fun to see them win, if they are the underdogs and they need to do this to get past Barca or whoever it is, but uh, not in that game. That was about no. a new club getting taking Le- their chance really in the Champions League. Yeah, Leipzig played very, very well. Yeah, there's a bloke called Campbell or Kevin in the midfield who was very good, but um, his hair was terrible, so I don't <laughs> want to sign him. He had a sort of a blonde ponytail thing, but yeah, otherwise very good. Mikel Arteta, he went to Wembley, he beat Pep and he beat Chelsea, we've got Mikel, Mikel Arteta, he won the cup when he fucked Frank up. <laughs> Doesn't really work. Well, Stuart Selma sent me that. Stuart, um, of course, he came up with the... Kieran Tierney, he came down from Scotland to be number three. So I will always uh, read out entries from Selma, but Selma, you've blown it. Uh, bonus points for trying to get the fuck Frank Frank line in. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is good. Uh, about sixteen people have sent me um, a Bamiang songs to the tune of Black Betty, and it's oh, oh, Pierre Emmerich Bamiang, oh, Pierre Emmerich Bamiang. You know this, and they're all. I feel like that one's had an outing oh, before. I think I've read it out before because I get sent one of that every week. Stop sending Black Betty, please. Pierre Never Pierre. email me again. Um, I saw. Uh, I um, so I've been having a week in the country. Oh yeah. And uh, Kim bought me a little present of four four two, which has got Dennis Bergkamp mm, on the cover. Yes. Massive Bergkamp interview in this month's four four two. Yes. Do you know what? Little, little wank mag for you there, Dee. Little took it to the loo. <laughs> That's, no that's why he's, he's, in his, he's in his Ian Botham position <laughs> behind the camera, so behind the, the behind the, the laptop. He's, he's got open on Dennis Bergkamp double spread. <laughs> it's got all the pages stuck together. You dirty. Have you bastard. finished? Have you finished? So, um, the story about when Dennis and Ian Wright uh, meeting at the uh, uh, garage, mm. yeah, only turns out it was at Clackett's Lane. Oh, Which yeah. is yeah. my favourite services. <laughs> Do you hang around there hoping that Ian Wright will come by? <laughs> Often. I just. It's not like some people go dogging. I just go up waiting for tennis service stations. What's good about Clackett's Lane, apart from the excellent uh, name? Well, it's perfect in my journey from Brighton to Whitstable. Oh, no, stop off there. Because it's on the M25, perfect. I usually need a wee around then. Um, You know, check out the great facilities. (laughs) 
<laughs> you just, you can just see <laughs> my statue, the statue I'm making. You can just see D wandering around with um, just trying to get a uh, track and trace all the previous employees of the Clackett's Lane one going. Can you just just trying to find out which 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 cubicle did Dennis go in back in back in 1995? Well, I that story. Was it that Burkhamp basically got lost and found himself on the M25? He didn't even. Well, he's gone the wrong way, hasn't he? <laughs> that's the other thing about that story. You go, what are you doing? Ian Wright was giving him on. For um, you know, for being for parking his car the wrong way and taking too long. Yeah, imagine Wrighty. Can you imagine Wrighty's <laughs> road rage as a driver? Can you imagine him? It's his, his view of all other road users. He's not going not gonna to be saying he's parked well. <laughs> country driving's very interesting. They don't have hurtle round in the country. All these sort of the local really kids. Just, get, as these podcasts go on, you just get older and older and older and more and more. <laughs> Sorry. More and more like somebody's grandfather. So is this... What, what I want to know, because I was so discombobulated with football, is this a end-of-season podcast or a pre-season look-ahead, This is a post-season podcast. We don't normally uh, do these, but we're sort of uh, con- contractually obligated to Audio <laughs> Boom to provide a weekly podcast, and there's absolutely bugger all to talk about. I actually watched Rugby League the other day. That's how little there is to go. And I saw this kid called Grace. Have you seen him? If you Google no. Grace Rugby League hat-trick... You'll see two of the best tries you have ever seen in your life. I mean, honestly, from his own line, under the posts, in his own half, just running through everyone like the world's best running back. So right. that's what I'm doing. Could he play fullback? <laughs> yeah, I reckon he could play anywhere, but he would pick the ball up, and that is a that is does limit your opportunities in football. I have just been reading, as Dee mentioned him earlier, about um, Upper Meccano, um, was that we thought he. Um, his release clause was sixty million last summer, and we thought Whoa. it we thought it was too much, and he was keen to he was keen to, come, to join, it? but um, we bid fifty five, <laughs> and they said no pound, yeah, by all account, you know, wow. what a should have could. And this is a report I'm reading from this is a report I'm reading from fifth of August last year. Leipzig don't uh, don't necessarily need the money, do they? They don't. They're 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 the new they're big backers. They're the new powerhouse, aren't they? One of the new powerhouses. Yeah, but explain to me what is going on with Red Bull, right? What is how come Red Bull is making so much money? Because they they could sponsor a Formula One team and and they can turn ordinary football teams into world beaters from the proceeds of a soft drink. Yeah. Why is there? You... Why aren't Fanta making this sort of money? <laughs> Surely they sell more. <laughs> Why can't we be the fan to Arsenal? Where's the Seven Up team? <laughs> Why don't Coca Cola take over a Formula One team? What is going on with Red Bull? Why is Red Bull making so the profit margin on a can of Red Bull must be astronomical? It must it must cost half a p to make the stuff. It's about one pound. Well, they is it more expensive than your average soft drink? Oh God, yeah, it's a, it's one twenty. For I mean, I haven't drunk it for years but it was always over a quid D, if you had red bull it's kind of double a can of fanta basically D, if you had red bull for matches yes. right i've seen your you know I damien did. you'd used to yeah i remember damien's turbo knee um actually started with red bull and arsenal angst and that was like that was from the highbury days that's that's why we left highbury because the foundation the foundations yeah. the foundations had been rocked by west stand foot tapping in, um, and even then, we, we were good when then. They said, right, when they yeah. said that you can't have tobacco sponsorship, so they, they were cleared out, you could see that the profits in the tobacco industry were astronomical because they could sponsor Formula One teams and snooker tournaments and do whatever they wanted. They had, but yeah. when you used to watch Formula One, it was cigarette packets driving around. There was a Stuyvesant car, there was yeah, a JPS, JPS car, there was a Rothmans car, and there was a Marlborough car. It was like watching cigarette packets going round and round. Yeah, then yeah. the only companies that could sponsor anyone were, were insurance companies and banks. Then there was a crash, and now it's Red Bull. Red Bull are cleaning up. Red Bull can buy the Champions League, and they can buy the Formula One World Champion. If they get Lewis Hamilton, they will. I would have liked to have seen uh, Dennis Bergkamp with silk cut across his shirt, if we'd been, right? <laughs> <laughs> if everyone keeps turning vegan, it's going to end up with corn. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen. By the time we do a podcast again, um, Abamyang signed down for signed up for another three years. 
While we're, while, Why isn't he signing? While we're in the Why habit of signing, signing, while we're giving three-year contracts to 31-year-olds, 30, why not just <laughs> why not get the main one? There, there's a lot of transfer activity going to happen when this trans, when this Champions League is finished, right? That's that's when Coutinho is going to make his mind up where he wants to play next season, and it's going to there's when all those clubs are going to get back from Portugal and start doing some business because there's a lot of players at those clubs who are going to be moving around. Well, at least we can. We don't yeah. have to worry about Barcelona pl- plucking any of our players because um, uh, they're, they're not good enough anymore, right? For our players. Oh yeah, they're all <laughs> <laughs> not attractive. Uh, any any anyone can go down to Bayern Munich when they're in that mood. But it was extraordinary to watch. But what? Yeah, but about yeah. what a centre forward. About me, do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember? I'm sure in this parish, then we wistfully thought that we were this close to getting Lewandowski at some point. <laughs> sounds oh, love sounds laughable now, doesn't it? He can do what he wants. He's got so much time. The ball comes to yeah. him, it's almost like it's gone to the teacher and none of the pupils are allowed to tackle him. <laughs> he just has so much yeah. time on the ball. Speaking of no tackling, you know the Monday game that we, uh, that we used to play um, yeah. now? The set of rules came round for it, didn't it? It was like no tackling. Yeah, no tackling. Three touch, no tackling. Three touch, no tackling. Imagine that in the Premier. This is what I've wanted for years, and now I can't play because my Achilles is knackered. But three touch, no tackling has been my dream. <laughs> that could be. A, I'd like to see. I'd like to see uh, Arsenal playing by our five by our Monday Monday afternoon rules, Monday morning rules, basically three touch, no tackling. So you're not allowed more than three touches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to jockey. Okay. Jockey the player, yeah, a bit like touch, yeah, touch football, like touch rugby. But I saw um, Steve Cram was on the TV yesterday. He's down in uh, Monaco for a Diamond League Athletics event, um, looking a little bit miserable. Doubtless because he's just realised he's going to have to quarantine when he comes back. But they were saying that they're going to have a crowd in for that event. They were yeah. going to have five thousand people or something in, and there's a, there, it sounds like. I mean, doubtless the clubs are lobbying hard for it, but it sounds like they're going to try to work out getting people into the stadium. Um, I can't imagine it, though. We might see a game this season. You're not allowed to sing, so we'll be fine. And block 32. (laughs) (laughs) There is talk of non-league getting um, fans back, because most non-league clubs will be fine, Dunwich, Hamlet um, aside. Most non-league clubs will be able to of course, socially distance, right? Big ground, not not a great deal of fans. So that could be somewhere where we see it, first of all. But I don't know whether we'll be seeing any fans back at the Arsenal for for a while. And how do you do it? Are you going to try and be like, you know, would you sit, would you get one in four games or something like that where it was your go to go to the stadium? How are you going to decide who gets priority to go if, if it's a reduced capacity? Do you know what I mean? How would you do that? Like the season ticket holders, obviously, first. But you couldn't put. There'd probably be too many season ticket holders. There'll have that. to be a lottery, won't there? And then it'll be, as you say, you, if you've been to a game, you go at the back of the queue. I suppose I don't know. I just yeah, I don't know how I feel about starting I mean, the new season been... like we finished the old one. Basically, it's just. Well, I, but I I do wonder, and I don't know. Forgive me if we've you've talked about this before, but whether we are doing better. For not having a crowd because the Emirates has been a groan fest uh, every time sort of a pass has been misplaced and uh, for the last sort of few years and are we playing better you know Granite Xhaka is he playing better because there's no crowd to groan his every move yeah you good know, shout are we is, is that a factor for us and the fact that you can hear Arteta Screaming at everyone, and you know, uh, maybe I think if you can't handle the crowd, you're not you're not good enough to play for the club. The crowds have always been the same. You, you've yeah, got to be no, able to true. handle that. That is part of playing for a big club. You have yeah. to be able to handle that, and that is you've got to relish that. And you, if if the if the crowd have high expectations of you, if they want you to be as good as Patrick Vieira, that's what you're signing up for. And if you can't handle that, then you're Matt Letizia and you need to stay where you're the king, you know, the big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to handle that. Where the earth you've is flat. You've got to be able to handle that. <laughs> where the earth is very flat still. You've got to stay. stay, stay. But now I think I d- Thierry Henry was ever bothered. I don't think he was ever bothered. I take your, I take your point, no, no, D. But- I take your point, D, whereas, like, um, I think 
I think we beat Wolves, for example, because because they didn't have a crowd. You know what I mean? I, I, um, and certainly, certain players will don't have the conf- you know don't have that worry about the home thing. I know what you mean as well, Al. But yeah, I, I, I do think there's less there was less fear. Um, but I'd also think that the home games, the home games without the crowd, we played better. Does that make sense? I still think there was some sort of home advantage, sort of because of all the arrangements of how when we were playing away, how especially at the start of the lockdown thing, I think we we flew to Man, we flew to Manchester. There's nowhere really to sort of chill out and warm up before. Um, getting on the pitch. Okay, we got spanked for that, but I think it was the same situation for a lot of the away games. There wasn't that kind of chance to settle. Um, so I actually think there was a bit of home advantage um, for uh, for teams still, but definitely some of the younger players, some of the more maligned players would have been able to settle into the game more because it would have been more like on the training pitch with Arteta being there and without the massive groans. Um but yeah, going into the yeah, new I'd, going into the new season, I don't know if they can sustain that energy. Really, it seemed to work for this period, right? We grew into. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, we, me as a fan, grew into the idea of football. We I couldn't be bothered at first. It didn't help that we were terrible at the restart. I couldn't be bothered at first, and it was great fun by the end. And this mini tournament's a lot of fun as well. But it'd be hard to sustain um, enough care, um, enough f's being given if. Um, into the new season if this carries on. That's how I feel about it. I've always said this about you two. You're not a proper Arsenal fan. <laughs> you don't really care. And I tell you now, if Arsenal are playing anywhere in the world, I'm uptight about it until the game's done. Yeah. And then I'm quite often uptight about it for a couple of days afterwards. Yeah. And when, yeah. The, when the season starts, I'm going to want us to win. And if we're playing Tottenham, I'm going to be anxious for days. So... This is an affliction, my friend, that you get given to you when you're five years old. And if I could, if I could strip it out of me, I would. And I pass it on to my kids. I mean, it's an act of absolute cruelty <laughs> to be into this. No, I do. Connection to these people, these overpaid twats and their Lamborghinis. The 90 minutes is always the 90 minutes. But no, you are right. Actually, in terms of, I think my period of caring about it up to Tottenham aside, because it's still, it was still Tottenham, um, although. Once we got beaten by them, as we said, it didn't happen, and it didn't happen in front of a crowd, so it wasn't really a proper game. But I, ju- I think to to get that the ninety minutes is still massive, obviously. Um, but I don't know, just the the build up to it and so on. Um, it left me a little bit cold near the end of the season. I'm I'm more ex- I'm really excited for the start of the season. Yeah, CD's got it bad. Yeah, so you're more to... interested in baseball caps than Arsenal, and that is <laughs> that is an issue for you and your therapist. It's fair. It's, it's fair. <laughs> you spend more time on yoga than you do on Arsenal. If you, if I haven't googled Arsenal at once an hour, there's some, I've lost my phone. <laughs> Listen, gents, I think we should naff off. There's nothing to talk about. No, fair. All right. See you next week. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Ta-ra.